Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good, good. Happy, uh, happy Friday. Still, uh, we have a football weekend here. You know, I, I knew this was going to happen because we saw the calendar so far back. But how weird does it feel, Luke? How weird does it feel that the college football season isn't over? <laughs> we, we have a yeah. game Monday to determine the national championship. I feel like college football was over a month ago. And I suppose that's because we're so Bama-centric and our last game was January 1st and we're kind of used to playing in this last game. But but January 1st is just nine days ago. Man, that, that literally does feel like a month ago. Uh, and it was just last week. That just doesn't that just doesn't feel right. But uh yeah, we have another really college doesn't. football game. We have another college football game on Monday, and this weekend some NFL fans consider this weekend the best weekend in NFL football all year long because it's uh we're you're down to eight. You sort of have a, a elite eight weekend, uh two games Saturday, two games Sunday, featuring the best eight teams in the NFL. So it's really a good football weekend even though football feels over yeah no i agree with you um <clears throat> but it, the thing that does make it feel so crazy is that this college football championship is just too damn late in the season it just is i mean i understand i guess there was something to do with new orleans didn't think they could be ready or something i yeah i don't know why in the world they did it this way but a week and a half would have been or a week and two or three days would have been plenty of time yeah it should have been last monday at the latest should have been last monday at the latest but anyway because the other thing is it does kind of get swallowed up by the nfl which now i mean once the wild card weekend gets out of the way and that was a that was a great nfl weekend but once the wild card weekend is out of the way um, and you start getting into the, you know, divisional matchups, man, it, it all of a sudden, like the NFL is kind of the thing. Like I'm telling you, I am much more excited again. I'm a Bama guy, but I'm much more excited about Derrick Henry taking on Mark Ingram on yes. Saturday night. I am the national championship game. Well, we're, we're locked on Bama. We're not locked on football in general, though. I do enjoy football in general. And, uh, oh man, what a Derek, who would have guessed? Mark Ingram's had a really interesting career. You know, most running backs start out. I mean, the typical good career of an NFL back loop, the guy shows up as a rookie. He's great. There's a big splash. He's a really good player. He plays himself into a big second contract. Second contract comes around, and due to age and everything else, he slowly peters out, and then at 29, uh, has the body of a 49-year-old and can no longer play football, and the career's over. Well, Mark has uh, gone sort of the way of many Hall of Famers. He maybe didn't start out so great and then caught a stride later. Now he's getting close to that 29-year-old mark, and here he is playing the best football of his career, uh, getting stronger as he goes, uh, mimicking careers like Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. I mean, and uh, if Mark plays really well another two or three seasons, we're talking about him being fitted for a gold jacket. No, I right. I totally agree. Yep, there, there's no doubt about that. In fact, um, if you look on the career rushing mark, uh, NFL all time right now, um, Mark Ingram's uh, about midway up the list. I mean, which is crazy to think about. I mean, it t- it tells me 
couple things. Number one, it's very difficult to run the football in the NFL because Mark Ingram, I, I mean, I'll pull it up while I, I tell you what, yeah. I'll let you go on a little rant of your own and let me pull this up and because I, it is pretty. Ast- yeah, let me uh, piss everybody off by by going in a completely different direction while you're finishing up that topic. Because uh, one thing I did want to talk about, because I'm the only one that, that did this, I've started back my my playback of the season. Uh, I, I, and again, I'm, I'm going really slow right now. So in my playback of the season where I start back at game one and watch chronologically through, I've only had time or the urge to watch the first quarter of the first game. So the other day I did watch the first quarter of the Duke game for the first time since September. And it's incredible to go back and watch the team from its infancy as it grows throughout the season. But boy, we didn't play a good first quarter at all. I know a lot of you remember this. You might not remember details, but but uh, we didn't score. We didn't score the entire quarter. Uh, and, and, and not only did we not score offensively, we looked bad by not scoring. We actually went three and out in our first possession because we couldn't get their front seven blocked. They were uh, they were really confusing our offensive line with a lot of stunts and loops and and Cutcliffe. You know, he's so damn smart, and those Duke kids are so smart. I mean, they go into the game, they know they can't just whip us, but they know what they might be able to do is confuse us, and they did. They, they, we 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 looked. I would slow down and, and rewind, and and it's no fault of anybody's. It's just typical of college football. But man, we had several plays where our offensive line. I mean, they'd snap the ball, and and, and we had offensive linemen blocking no one and had other offensive linemen look like they were trying to block two guys. And we were just confused. And uh, some of it was opening game. Some of it was new starters. But uh, credit Duke and their smart coaches and their smart kids, they just kind of confused us out of the gate, and it took us a while to adjust. Now, I know we later adjust because we win this game 42-3. to So we, we, we make a hell of an adjustment. But out of the gate, we had a very difficult time getting anybody blocked. That was a major factor. Another major factor is we were missing – multiple star players in that quarter. Uh, we we had uh, both running backs sitting out. Najee and Brian Robinson were suspended. Uh, Devontae Smith was suspended for that first quarter. Uh, Deontay Brown was suspended for the first four games. So Chris Owens was the starting center, and Landon Dickerson mostly played guard in that first game. So you had all that up, and we had a rough first quarter offensively. It wasn't pretty at all. It discombobulated Tua. He didn't have a great quarter. But uh, defensively, we played really well uh, and, and really gave up nothing. As a matter of fact, we fumbled Jerome Ford, our third back, who just portaled out this week. He fumbled putting Duke right on the front porch, and, and Duke should have gotten off to an early lead because of Ford's fumble. But our defense stiffened up and played really well uh, on that series, in particular just backing Duke up and backing him up. Oh, Good effort, especially out of the gate by those freshman linebackers. I know they would get confused as the season went on. But Shane Lee and Christian Harris played pretty good right out of the gate. So uh, at the end of the first quarter, it's Duke nothing, Alabama nothing. And uh, when I get around to watching the rest of the game, and I think I'm going to do that this upcoming Thursday night, when I watch the rest of the game, uh, I know I'm going to see a better, uh, a better, a better outcome for Alabama now that we got this crappy first quarter behind us. So, man, I, love- I told you I'd change subjects. Yeah, you did, and I love the fact that you just told people exactly how life is. You are planning out watching the second quarter of the Duke game from last year for next Thursday. I'm busy, <laughs> but it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, uh, Monday night That's the is national, of busy. Well, national championship game is Monday night. Can't do it then. Uh, Tuesday night uh, is a uh, football booster meeting I go to. 
Wednesday night is Alabama versus Auburn basketball. So it, it's going to be next Thursday before I can get to the second quarter of the day. <laughs> kind of, quit saying that out loud is all I can tell you. Um, so anyway, I did look that up while you were on that uh, ramble. Yeah. And Mark Ingram, get Mark Ingram 64 in NFL history for rushing yards. That's, That's crazy. amazing. And if you stuck at the but list think, up, what if he rushes for 1,200 yards next year? Does it get all the way up to the 30s? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. In fact, um, I'm assuming – I'm almost positive that playoff games count in this. Okay. I don't know yes, why they, they do. wouldn't. They do. Um, so he's about – he's like 73 yards away from topping Charlie Garner. He's about 150 yards away from topping DeMarco Murray and George Rogers. George um, Rogers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so if he gets 1,200 yards next year – that let's assume well let's assume he gets another 200 this year you know let's assume okay. they win um saturday night and then they they at least make it to the to the afc championship so 200 more yards i'd put him at 70 let's call it 7200 and then if he so he'd be at eight, he got to 8400 he'd be at number 42 just ahead of ernest biner also ahead of herschel walker and roger craig and gerald Riggs, and maurice jones drew and just below Willis McGahee. Um, and if he were to get, say, let's say he were to get another, let's say just another, let's say he gets another 3,000 yards in his career, that'd be 10,025 yards. That'd put him at number 31 above Ricky Williams, right behind Otis Anderson. Um, Sean Lynch is back in the league and he's got 10,413. He's number 29. LaShawn McCoy's still in the league, in the league with 11,000. Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore. I mean, Mark Ingram's not catching those guys. But he can easily get into the top 30 of all-time NFL rushers. Now, the other thing that's a little bit interesting, if you go down a little further, um, I say a little further, it's actually a lot further, but if you go down further, Derrick Henry is at 3,833, 29 on the list. Now, <laughs> but he's only been in the league. This is his fourth year, I guess. Um, so let's assume – that somebody he's going to get, he's about to get paid too. So oh, yeah. let's assume that, he, that, you know, that he gets uh, just to, I mean, I think he could get in the top 30. I'm, I don't call the math on this. I mean, people could do it, but I mean, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, top 30 of all Ingram, time is just unbelievable. Can you imagine a, I mean, baseball is so much more well-known for their numbers, but can you <laughs> imagine if you're top 30 uh, home runs hit in the history of the game and you're in the career top 30, you're, so freaking good it's unbelievable i mean so yeah being in the top 30 all time rushing yards that is that is remarkable it's awesome and it really, it, I mean, and it just, it's, yeah because so many people consider him considered him to be a bust um and really well, right out of the gate they did <laughs> right out of the gate they did i think at one point the saints were at one point the saints might have released him even i mean yeah. I mean, or had to have been considering it, and uh, but then he turned into a good player before he left New Orleans. It wasn't just a Baltimore thing. I mean, uh, he he was a good player uh, in New Orleans. He just got off to a rough start. You know, he had a bad season at Alabama. I I, I could be just totally wrong, and maybe it was something else. But I have this theory that that you know when he when he hurt himself uh, just prior to his junior year at Alabama, and, and then kind of played that whole junior year at Alabama banged up. I, 
it might have taken two or three seasons for him to get back to himself. And, and that, that's what I think happened, but I don't know that. I'm just speculating. Here's another thing. Um, I I just started looking for Amari Cooper. He's not on the list, it, you know, in the top 250. But, of course, Julio Jones is. He's number 25 all-time NFL receiving yards. He's the fastest like he's, ever. He's got, some, he's got some gas in the tank, too, left. I mean, he ain't done. He's he's the fastest ever to twelve thousand yards. He's about to, you know obviously next year you know barring injury of course he'll pass Charlie Joyner, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Marshall, Art Monk, Irving Fryer, um, probably Jason Witten who I assume will retire again, Steve Largent, Andre Reed. I mean I'm just assuming he gets a thousand yards, um, and so he'll be in the top seventeen. Look, amazing. He's about amazing. ten thousand seven hundred from Jerry Rice's record now. I this don't think his, he can get there. But here's the thing. Season? He was a rookie in uh, 2011. Yeah, so, so this uh, is his ninth season. Right? 11, 12, 13, 11, 14, 12, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 18, 19. Now this is his ninth year. Next year will be his 10th season. We both had to count on our fingers. <laughs> we did. That's just. I mean, God, it's not his 21st season. This isn't my stellar <laughs> podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what a nerd I am for 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 planning out to watch the second quarter of a Duke game a whole week away. I'm counting on my fingers up to nine. Uh, well, speaking speaking of all that. Maybe we'll um, screw up the tape and we'll have to delete it. Speaking of kick-ass running backs, uh, yes. it appears the cat's out of the bag on Najee Harris, and he's coming back. It looks like it. I mean, there's been an announcement, but it looks that way. Yeah, my understanding is an announcement's pending uh, probably even tonight or no later than tomorrow, which – and I think once you publicly announce it, it's pretty rare kids backtrack on that. So, uh, yeah, Najee's coming back. It, it, here's the thing. I, I looked all season long. I said we'd have 10 juniors with a tough decision, maybe others that might consider, but 10 juniors with a tough decision. I counted Terrell Lewis as one of those juniors. Uh, I know Terrell counted himself as a senior, but he did have a <laughs> remaining year of eligibility. So, Terrell, you were a junior. Uh, athletically, uh, but we had 10, and I said all season, because I can get a little dark and pessimistic at times, I, I thought all 10 would go, and even if we got one back, it would be a big deal. Well, with Najee returning, we will end up with four back. Najee, Devontae, Alex Leatherwood, and Dylan Moses. That's incredible. I, I, I really thought we would lose all 10. That was a, my legitimate uh, thinking. Uh, and whew, a four is a home run. And of the 10, to be honest, Luke, I, I'm like, okay, Judy's leaving for sure. Terrell's leaving for sure. I would have said Najee was the third most likely to leave. And he's coming back. So, it's great news because he ended the year as one of the best backs in the country. I thought the best games he played the entire season were Auburn and Michigan. Uh, I, I thought he looked fantastic, regardless of his numbers in the games. I saw he looked great, uh, like a great player, thriving against good defenses. Uh, Najee, if, uh, and I think this shows that this kid is driven. He wants to move up in the draft. He wasn't happy with uh, projections, which mostly put him in the third round. He wasn't happy with that at all. And uh, he wants to he wants to come back and move up. The only way to move up is to get better. I think we see an even better Najee Harris next season. 
And uh, while we're excited about Trey Sanders and, uh, and seeing what Trey brings to the table, Najee uh, returning is gigantic, awesome news. And uh, boy, since we'll have a new quarterback, be it Mac Jones, be it Bryce Young, a quarterback can have no better friend than a 235-pound running back in the backfield with his experience, his pass protection skills, his pass catching skills. Uh, wow, what a, uh, what a break for Alabama. What great news. And uh, feel free to uh, smoke your cigars and, uh, and drink your champagne all weekend. I may go something a little bit harder than a cigar. Is it, do you have any cigarettes? <laughs> no, no, cutting back. Cutting back on the cigarellos. New Year's Isn't resolution kicking in? <laughs> Isn't that what the kids use to smoke their dope? Um, Is that true? Do they cut I'm those things open, yeah. dump out the tobacco, and throw in their wacky weed? Really? I think so. But how, how the hell would I know? I mean... I'm I'm counting down the days till I can watch the second quarter of the Duke game. You think I'd know anything cool? I know this though. I, I know whenever I whenever I go to the uh, the junior highs, those kids just buy them right up from my truck. <laughs> right out of the old trench coat, uh, huh? <laughs> hey. Uh, all right, so anything else out there football-wise? I mean, it, the whole world has been buzzing about Mike Leach, of course, and frankly, I think it's – I think the hire's fine. I mean, look, in terms of making a splash, it's an A-plus. In terms of an actual football hire that's going to do something in Starkville, it's a C. Uh, as an Alabama fan, considering we play this team every single year, I'm not concerned. I'm no, not concerned. I'm, There's I'm only two or three names. If they, if they hired Bill Clark, I, I would have gone, you know, uh-oh, he might get us once. <laughs> but, but I'm not. I'm not. No, no. We'll beat Leach. I, I don't. I don't like that offense against elite defenses. Now that being said, I just basically said Alabama has an elite defense. We don't. Narrator. We don't. <laughs> but I uh, hopefully we will be elite again. Hopefully we will make Alabama elite again. I'll get a red hat. Somebody will put that on a hat. That acronym on a hat. Um. But, hey, uh, here's my thing, though, and the thing about Leach coming to the SEC now, if if Mike Leach had been in the SEC playing Alabama in, say, you know, 9, 10, or 11, then I would be a little bit more worried about it because we'd be playing them after LSU, after a physical game, and they'd be slinging the ball all over the place, and we're still running somewhat of a right. archaic offense. Now, here's the thing. If Mississippi State's going to score on us. That's fine. They have zero chance to stop us. They don't care about stopping. And if you don't care about stopping Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and whoever we put at running back and Jalen Waddle, you're going to get – we're going to put up 60. Here's an exciting thing with Najee returning. I'm stealing this. I'm openly stealing this from a Crimson Country Club member and fan of the podcast, Marcus Marcus, if you're listening, you know, and I know that you do, I stole this from you and I'm sharing it with the masses because this is such a good observation. But uh, based on who's returning at quarter, it's kind of long setup, but based on who's returning at quarterback in the SEC, you know, who's returning, Najee back at running back, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell at wide receiver, the entire four guys on the offensive line, like Leatherwood, Deontay Brown, Landon Dickerson, and uh, and Evan Neal. So that's four, five, six, seven, eight. 
I just counted up eight or eight or even nine, eight, let's just say eight, eight members of our offense have an excellent chance to be first team all SEC or no worse than second team. Eight, the quarterback, whether it's Mike or Bryce, Najee, the two receivers, four offensive linemen. I'm leaving out the center, uh, a tight end, and a third receiver. And the third receiver, Mechie's going to be a hell of a player. And I think the center is going to be pretty good too, whether it's Owens or Dalcourt. That incredible. Eight guys could be first or second team all SEC. And I'm not, it's not a stretch to say that, man. That's not a stretch. I'm not like hyped up on goofballs here. That's like a legitimate projection. That's pretty good. Let me ask you how many of those guys? All right, let's assume Bryce Young starts just for the sake of this being a little bit more fun. I wonder how many of those guys on offense were five-star or very, very, very close to being a five-star. Jalen Waddle was really close. Uh, Bryce definitely was a five-star. Najee was a five-star. Devontae Smith was a four-star, but I don't remember exactly how high. Leatherwood was a five. Devontae was a number one player in Louisiana. Evan Neal was a five-star. Dickerson was a five-star. Leatherwood, I think, was a five-star. Yeah, Landon Dickerson was a five-star. Leatherwood definitely was a five-star. Dickerson was a five-star on one of the networks, I know. So only Deontay Brown was lightly recruited of those eight. And and he's clearly and he's clearly plays like an all SEC player, is probably the best run blocker in the whole league. Oh my so goodness. eight. So let's just back away from first, second team all SEC and just say completely Jim. Alabama will have eight all-star candidates not including the center and John Mechie, who are probably pretty f- good freaking players. Hmm. Pretty exciting. That's, that's, that's amazing. Now let's not it discuss really the amazing. defense all year because it's just we're just going to get sad. But offensively, even losing Tua, even losing Ruggs and Judy, even losing Jed Wills, <laughs> we'll have eight legitimate all-star candidates. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's good to be king, you know. <laughs> well, I guess. But the dynasty's dead. I was told dynasty. repeatedly the dynasty is dead. Maybe the dynasty um, is dead with all these all-star candidates. Dynasty's still dead. Yeah, somebody will, somebody will let these guys know. Hey, and also about the dynasty being dead, and, and again, a lot of this has to do with from leaving Georgia and stuff like that. If I'm not sure you define the dynasty, I'm sure winning a national championship is a big part of that. <laughs> Granted, it's a big part of it. But but if you're if you're elite, if you're elite in college football, you make the playoff. You can't get any more elite than that than the best four teams out of 130. Everyone striving to make the playoff, and you're one of the four teams in the playoff. I I, I don't think even if if Alabama makes the playoff next year and doesn't win the national championship, I still refuse to admit the dynasty's dead. If we're making the playoff again next year, the dynasty's not dead. And I say all that to say these same people telling us the dynasty is dead, we're going to be in the preseason top four. You watch when the AP and the coaches polls come out next August, Alabama will be in the top four. And that, to me, is the dynasty. It still is. It's an extension. The dynasty is extended if Alabama makes the playoff. If you put Alabama in the top four, you're saying we're one of the best four teams 
The same people tell us the dynasty is dead are going to be the same people putting us in the freaking top four. Um, so there's another one. Uh, Justin Aboyjibe, is that how we're going with that? I go now with a a, a boy a boy but I I was told by somebody that I thought would know that it was a boy bay, but no, I think it's a boygby. Okay, a boygby. Um, he, I mean, you know, and we've heard people call his name all year long, and I, I guess nobody said it right. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, what happened? Uh, he uh, he had surgery. He tweets he had surgery. He did well. That would explain why he played so much in September and played less and less as the season went on, eventually replaced by Byron Young as a starter. Uh, I think it explains uh, that he played and there was kind of a lack of production and he seemed to play less as the season went on, replaced by Byron Young. And yet another, I know we beat up on Pete Golding. Heck, I beat up on Pete. I'm hard on Pete Golding. But there is another example of it wasn't just Dylan and Josh McMillan, you know, and LeBron Ray, we were a banged up bunch. And there's yet another front seven guy who clearly wasn't healthy in 2019. Yeah, it. I mean, in the end, we'll look back on this year. And, I mean, look, history will allow all of this to just drift into the ether because, you know, people just forget about injuries until they rewatch the games on a ESPN classic, but history will show that, that this, this particular team was just too banged up to really be a true competitor, probably uh, overachieved rather than underachieved, which is what most people believe. What on the hell are you doing? Oh, me just now? <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, uh, well, people, uh, I hid another dead body and I'm using the <laughs> podcast as an alibi. Were you twisting his neck be what were you doing? Uh, Literally, I was correct. Now, I took, uh, there was a, a magic marker that uh, was here in the office building that I did not see before. And I'm like, is this old? Is this new? Does this still work? So while I was listening to you, you do uh, a rundown of what our defense will look like on ESPN Classic. I removed a very tight cap from a uh, magic marker. So that's entertaining. That's entertaining radio. You made a bit of a comeback there because you obviously weren't paying attention to me in the least. And you were like, uh, you started to say, well, while I was finding something to do while Luke was talking. (laughs) You were talking about how you're making it. You're actually making an excellent point about when, People look back at the defense 10 years from now, they won't remember a damn thing about somebody was hurt. They'll just go, boy, Alabama's defense sucked. That's a, that's a great, that's a great point. No one will remember the injuries. No one remember no. the 2010 team. People talk, this is the greatest Alabama team is most underachieved. They didn't underachieve. They were never healthy. Not a single week. I don't think the 2010 team lined up the same two weeks in a row all year because of the amount of people hurt and had to miss games and miss the season and everything else. People don't remember that. They just look back and, and remember who was on that team and go, wow, boy, they really underachieved. We didn't underachieve. We lost Barrett Jones the week of the Auburn game and had to replace him with a freshman who had to block Nick Fairley. That's what happened. It, we didn't underachieve. Mark we got Barron hurt. Got hurt. Mark Barron got hurt in that game. If that doesn't happen, then, you know, and he was who replaced him, a walk-on, Will Lowry. 
you know, or Will Lowry tried to replace him, and then and then we, then we had to put Barron back in, playing hurt. So yeah. I'm just I'm just saying that the 2010 team was potentially great, but they were injured, and no one even <laughs> remembers that. They just talk about how it underachieved. No, it didn't. And this team didn't really underachieve. I, I agree, we should have played better at points, but man, we were hurt. And this latest news about Justin Neboigby, uh, you know, having surgery. <laughs> so one more front seven guy, one more. Um, Alabama, Kentucky tomorrow, uh, o'clock. Um, just thoughts, any chance? <laughs> Wait, weird. Weird tip-off time for me. Uh, that's my first thought. Is we have to do some uh, some shopping errands, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching that. I watch a lot of games at uh, a plug for uh, Island Wings and Gulf Shores, which is a great lunch, beer, and TV set up there. So uh, so the wife does some shopping while I watch some Alabama basketball, and so I guess I'll I'll be in Island Wings at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, I guess that might, we'll, we'll see. But anyway, <laughs> to the game itself, we talked about this some yesterday, Luke, and this is what we're, we're, we're probably not going to win that game. Um, probably not. Kentucky's a better team than we are, and we're playing on the road, and they've got more good players than we do. So, so they're going to win. But, most other than that. But, uh, but other than that, how'd you like to play, Mr. Lincoln? No, I, I, I think we have a legitimate shot. We have a better shot of beating them in Lexington than I can recall. And I'm going to eagerly watch and hope that it's just one of those magical days where when we throw the ball up in the air, it finds the basket. And, and if that happens and we get some, uh, some good performances out of a couple of key guys, uh, I think we've got a shot. Uh, not a great shot, but a legitimate shot to win the game. What say you? Um, I, you know, I'm right there. Look, common sense says we're not going to win. I don't think we should win. They're better than we are. Calipari's already come out and said, look, if we ever play against a fast team, we're going to beat their brakes off, essentially, or we'll score 100 or whatever he said. And he may be right about that. That may be 100% correct. They are really, really Now, having said that, I feel much better about this game after watching us play against um, Mississippi State and after having seen them play against Georgia, where they had to make a comeback to win. Um, and I like the fact that they didn't lose the game because had they lost, I would feel like our chances would have decreased. Now that they've yeah. won the game, I think maybe they're lulled a little bit more to sleep. I'm probably hoping and dreaming right now. I understand that. Um, and I'm certainly far from predicting a victory. I just feel like we have a better shot now that they defeated Georgia than we would have had they lost to Georgia and had the proverbial wake-up call. I like it. I like it. Uh, I do think here, – here's here's one kid that needs to play better, and he did – I thought of the many encouraging things the other night from Galen Smith to the fact that somehow Nate Oates proving he's a really good basketball coach has somehow turned John Petty into a blue-collar type player. Uh but Kyra Lewis won that hard hat award that Nate gives out to, you know, whatever player busts their ass the most in the game. And Kyra won that. And he was so proud of it that uh, at the postgame press conference, he kept his hard hat on. I, I think that's the most encouraging sign because 
if there's been a disappointment, and I'm not using that word, I should find another word than disappointment, but let's just say that Kyra has not played the best basketball of his career so far this year. Uh, he's not. Last year, he seemed to be better than this. I, I, I guess he is struggling to two things. He's struggling uh, to adjust to our completely new style of basketball. And secondly, probably adjusting to being the star of the show and the responsibility that 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 comes with that at this level uh, it has to be very weighty for an 18, 19-year-old kid. Um, but Kyra winning that hard hat award, being proud of it, playing hard. Let me tell you, one thing that does give us a chance, um, because of Kyra, even playing a blue blood Kentucky Wildcat team recruited by John Calipari, uh, Kyra is not going to be out talented on the floor. Kyra will be as talented as any kid Kentucky puts on the floor, as talented or in the ballpark. And uh, that gives us a chance. So for us to win, uh, Kyra has to play well, and, and maybe, maybe he's found something. Luke, you there? Are you uh, now killing someone and hiding the body and are going to use the podcast? Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I, I muted myself because I'm, I'm very not. Um, and uh, I've just, I've forgot to unmute myself. I thought you were uh, removing, so yeah, I thought you were moving the cap from a marker that you found. Like I did. <laughs> I was just paying you back. I just left. I was literally, <laughs> I, was, I literally was doing that. It was a purple mark. I found this magic marker and I'm like, where the hell did this thing come from? Is this like old? And then it's obviously brand new. How about that? It's not just every day you find a brand new magic marker in an office building. Wow, that is it's exciting. Is, what a day, Jimmy. You had a full day, bro. <laughs> I need a magic marker. The senior bowl guys are coming to town and uh next week, not this, I mean a week after next. And I plan, I'm not really uh, an autograph hound per se, and I'm, that's not really my thing. However, I do have a small collection. It's not anything to be super proud of, but I have a small collection of Sports Illustrateds uh, that feature Alabama on the cover signed by the player on the cover. I mean, that's one thing I have tried to collect over the years. So my, uh, I, I may need that magic marker because I want Jalen Hurts to uh, put his John Hancock or preferably his Jalen Hurts on uh, on my Sports Illustrated with uh, with Jalen on the cover. So that will make my whole week a couple of weeks from now, assuming it happens. Why don't why don't more people do that? Like when they say, could you put your John Hancock right here and they just be a smart ass and just put John Hancock? John Hancock. That's what people should do. I think when people say that, I will not say that to Jalen. I I don't know what I'm going to say. I, I just hope I'm not uh, crying like a uh, 12 year old girl at a BTS show. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we better get out of here. And so have fun this weekend. Hunker down for the bad weather, everybody. Oh, gosh, yes. That's going to be bad down, I guess, all over the state. But, uh, yeah, down uh, down here along the Gulf Coast, we've been canceling some things. We have to do some some shopping that we can't avoid. Uh, we got to do that tomorrow. And I'm going to take a basketball break in the midst of it as we dodge the storms. So everybody be safe. All right, buddy. We'll talk next week. Roll Tide. Roll out, everybody.